Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Dirk, and I'm not going to try and pronounce your surname, you can tell people what that is afterwards. <laughs> um, but Dirk is an OKR coach with Flowey Team, and he works with organisations to create high-performance teams. So welcome, Dirk. Uh, I'm delighted to have you with us for today's episode. So can you tell your listeners, firstly, your surname and how you pronounce it, and then a little bit about yourself, Flowey Teams, and your current role? Yeah, thanks, Jenny, for having me on your podcast. My name is Dirk Schmellenkamp. There we go. <laughs> yes, yes. So originally, I, I'm from Munich, uh, Germany, and I've been living here in Malaysia now for over nine years. Uh, came to KL to build a branch for a German developer in 2012. And then I met my wife, and we founded uh, Impulse Studio, a fitness uh, studio, uh, which grow to over 15 uh, studios worldwide in five countries oh, wow. by applying actually the OKRs. Uh, in 2014, I started with OKRs and KPIs, of course. And I saw a need in uh, performance management tools uh, yeah, for employees to guide, perform better, and close uh, skill gaps uh, with an effective uh, software tool. So, uh, yeah, we created um, together with my business partner, uh, Akmal, a Flowey team. And, yeah, I'm responsible for uh, business development and my colleague Akmal uh, for the software development. Great. So do you still have the gyms now? Is that still the fitness? Uh, yeah, we have still the gyms. But, of course, uh, most of our gyms here in Asia are, um, yeah, are closed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we are heavily affected, of course. Yeah, and now I, I'm put all my focus on this OKR coaching and OKR software, and hopefully uh, it's getting it's getting better. Yeah, we will uh, overcome this crisis soon. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I think that's what everyone's saying, hoping yes, for. Yes. So, um, so you mentioned that you predominantly work in kind of Asian markets. So. What would you say the key attributes of an Asian kind of business is? And does that differ from a business maybe potentially in Europe or the United States? Yeah, of course. I mean, there are a lot of cultural difference uh, compared to Europe, uh, especially how you do a business in Germany, where I come from. And um, yeah, but I was always fascinated about the Malaysian market to the cultural diversity. Um, here in Malaysia, you have uh, Malay people, uh, Chinese, Indian, and of course, other nationalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a challenge uh, to understand uh, the people first before you do business here. Um, just an example, uh, food is very important in the Malaysian culture. So they ask you or people ask you, uh, have you had lunch? Have you had dinner? Have you had breakfast? Uh, instead of asking how you are, uh, so uh, doing yeah doing business here, um, you yeah I mean it would be good to to invite people first for lunch dinner uh, and and um, before you go actually into business in, into business talk yeah and then it's also easier to enter uh, their world. Um, Malaysia is is uh, still a developing country but moves very fast. Uh, the infrastructure is very good. Quality of life is always improving. And um, people here want to consume. Yeah? Uh, so they adopting uh, new things quite fast. Mm-hmm. What I could see, uh, for example, during the pandemic, 
it was very interesting to see how people deal with this crisis. Um, so, yeah, the, the government doesn't give a lot of subsidies, for example. Um, so people had to look for alter alternatives and in instead of complaining, mm. they entered fast into, uh, into a new business. Yeah. Um, so that's very fascinating to see how agile people are here in, in Malaysia in general in Asia. Um, so I would say the main difference compared to Western culture uh, is, for example, addressing problems or issues directly. Uh, for, for Europeans or especially also for Germans, um, it's, it's more direct and uh, Malaysians or uh, I would say also uh, the Asian culture is not so confrontational. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it takes sometimes more time to figure out where the real problem lies. Um, overall, I think Ma Malaysia is a fantastic country to doing business. It's very easy to establish a business here. So you can establish business within two, three days. Um, and in addition, you have a very young population uh, and a huge uh, market in Southeast Asia with over 650 million people alone. Mm. Yeah, So that makes, I think, uh, Malaysia and Southeast Asian market very interesting. And also attractive as well, like you say, to yes. startups and things like that. I think that's really interesting about what you say about the kind of go for lunch or breakfast or dinner yeah. before <laughs> kind of having a conversation. It's almost like that building the rapport, which is sometimes kind of missed. And I think especially during maybe the pandemic in the last kind of 12 to 18 months, I think with everything being on Zoom calls, you necessarily or team calls or whatever kind of platform you use. I think you, you maybe don't have that small talk that you used to have maybe face to face as well. So I think that's a really nice feature of the culture. I really like that. And who's not happy when they've had a meal as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it took me actually a while to uh, figure out, wow, uh, the, the, the food is so important here. Mm. And um, I, I think it's quite, uh, it's quite cute to ask uh, these questions. Uh, and you feel like very comfortable then. So, and then also uh, people always offering you food. Yeah. And um, so if you go to business uh, talk or business, of course, business lunch, but there's always like something uh, on the table. Yeah. So, um, so that you're not starving. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> it's quite uh, pleasant to do business here. Yeah? yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think I need to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So great. Thanks for that overview of kind of the marketplace. But so in terms of OKRs, would you say they're largely adopted or are they still kind of in their infancy over in the Asian markets? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Jenny. Uh, OKRs are quite new here yeah, in Asia and in Malaysia, of course. Uh, you can see more often startups uh, implementing OKRs in Malaysia as well in Southeast Asia. So these kind of businesses, they are looking at what the Silicon Valley companies uh, is doing or the startup scene. And uh, so what kind of performance tools are they using? Yeah? And so, of course, OKRs uh, for these kind of companies are more on their radar. Um, therefore, uh, it, makes, yeah, um, it makes it easier to get the acceptance for the implementation of OKRs in the startup scene. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. 
Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Coamp, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favorite features about Coamp? So the thing that I really love about Coamp and have done ever since I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place. So I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the, the killer feature of the system. Yeah, I think that's kind of, I suppose that's where the kind of markets evolve slightly in Europe and the States. It's yeah. gone from maybe startups and maybe more corporates now are taking on OKRs because they can see the benefits of it. So kind of you can see that happening, I guess, in the Asian markets as well, potentially in the future. Yes, yes, yes. I, we see that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of kind of the cultural aspects that we mentioned, um, do you think that any of those affect the OKR rollout? Yeah, I mean the uh, the the Asian business culture is is more hierarchical structure. Yeah, meaning um, it's more a style of MBOs as management by objectives. Uh, the manager they, they they give the goals and the, the employees need to follow it. Uh, so that could be a challenge to unleash the creativeness of employees and teams uh, to come up with their own key results and OKRs. Uh, which are aligned to the company vision and mission. Um, so, so you can see that uh, very easily in uh, in meetings. Yeah. So, who is the boss? Yeah. Immediately after a couple of seconds, of course, because most of the time um, he is talking, and uh, there, then there is not a real feedback coming from the employees. But I think. Um, this is slowly changing, especially in the younger generation. Uh, people who studied, for example, in London or in abroad, abroad in England, uh, they bring in more an international business approach. Yeah, uh, and so then OKR, I think uh, here in Asia, especially, it needs more coaching on the performance culture change management and organization development. I think that's a very essential part yeah. when you when you implement OKRs. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like you say, I think we all kind of know the, the benefits that around collaboration and cross-functional teams and those kind of things. So I think if it's kind of, like you say, very hierarchical at the moment, it's kind of how do you work with that cross-functionality in those teams and how can that potentially be changed with new people that come into the business and that kind of thing. So I think that's really interesting. Exactly, um, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then finally, just for our listeners, if they've listened, we've got obviously have kind of a, a global audience, which is fantastic. But if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking, I'd like to implement OKRs, but I'm, I'm potentially working in a hierarchical business or I'm working in a business in an Asian market, what would your kind of top tips be for them? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about building up your OKR muscle. Yeah, it's like in a fitness studio. Yeah, so you're getting better, better and better. Yeah. Um, so uh, my my advice would be uh, starting uh, with one OKR first. When when we implemented in our fitness chain, uh, so we started first with with one, and then we added one, two, three OKRs uh, in the next cycles. Uh, 
And then you're getting better uh, during each cycle yeah, before mm. you implementing too many OKRs and then you can't focus really what matters. Uh, the second tip I have is um, I would start when you implement OKRs with a pilot group. yeah, And in this pilot group, uh, you should include people, employees who are very committed and motivated yeah, before you cascading further down your OKRs to your teams and employees. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think it's something that we would advocate over at TBG, depending on the kind of organisation and its size and agility. But I think you can almost go big bang implementation with OKRs and then you don't get the message right. People turn off to it and don't want to get involved. So it's kind of, we would always say, maybe potentially look at a pilot if you're a bigger organisation as well. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting top tip. Um Thank you for today for joining me. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of share with our listeners? I kind of think it's a really interesting conversation and I could probably talk to you for a long time about the differences <laughs> in the cultures. Um, but if, yeah, unless there's anything else you wanted to share, I'll close out today's episode. Yeah, thanks Jenny for, for having me on your fantastic uh, podcast. I was listening also to your other podcast. It's always good to learn more also from other people. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, from people in other countries. Yeah. So mm. thanks a lot, uh, Jenny, for having me on your podcast. And uh, for sure, uh, we, we have maybe a follow podcast on other topics too. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. No, it's great. Thanks for joining me, Dirk. And um, as always, thanks for listening to Giant Talk. If you have any kind of feedback or if there's something you'd like to hear on the podcast, feel free to drop us an email at growth at therbygiants.com or you can follow us and drop us a message on any of our social media channels. And we look forward to joining you next time for another episode of Giant Talk. Thanks, Dirk. Thank you very much.